Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Welcome, everybody, to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Hello, Nikki Kinzer. Hi. Um, I'm, I'm oh. really, really, really excited about this topic. You are? Yeah. I Why? Am. Can you believe it? Because it's, it, it's about all I can think about. Oh, Kind right? of obsessed right? with the whole topic thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I do get it. Yeah. Do you know, this is the, it, it, we're, so we're going to be talking about hyper focus today. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is one that people don't understand about ADHD, that many people I, I don't agree. understand. Yes. And actually, some people with ADHD, if they were first diagnosed or newly diagnosed, they may not really understand what this is either. So hopefully we're going to provide a little bit of education out there. Right. So so the assumption is you have ADHD, you're struggling with ADHD. People discover that you are struggling with ADHD. Their assumption is, oh, my gosh. I knew some ADHD kids when I was in elementary school. I'll bet he can't sit still in his chair and, um, you know, likes to give people wedgies or something. Right, know. right. But, but they it's just like, can't it's pay that, attention. Yeah, it's that sense that you can't sit still, you can't pay attention, you can't, you know, look somebody in the eyes. Like, that's that's real trouble for that person. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and I've also been told um, by parents before, or just adults as well, it doesn't have to just be children, but they'll say, oh, he doesn't have ADHD because he can sit there and play video games all all day long. Oh, yes. How many times have I heard that? Too many. Right. And I'm thinking, um, well, actually, that might, you know, actually be a real symptom there of ADHD. I'm not saying it is, but it could be. I mean, just because you can actually focus on something all day long doesn't mean that you don't have it either. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's a definitely definitely a misconception. Well, in a lot of areas. yeah, I think it's, you know, it goes back to this, this, you know, the fact that ADHD is a spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is a very complicated bucket of behaviors. That's right. And ADHD does absolutely not look like all things to all people. That's right. Everybody has their own story is what I tend to, oh, that's so to nice. tell people. Yeah, yeah, everybody has their own story. So, yes, exactly. So hi, what is hyperfocus? I probably need to talk a little bit yeah. about that and give a little bit of education around that. And then I have a um, couple of strategies to at least uh, maybe help you be more aware of hyperfocusing and, and um, kind of what to do about it. So does that sound good? I can't wait. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, um, hyperfocus is obviously if you put something in front of a person with ADHD, 
ADHD and it's something that they, that they are really interested in, um, like video games, um, something you really enjoy, something that really stimulates them, they can pay attention. They, they will absolutely pay attention. In fact, they probably can take can pay better attention than somebody that doesn't have ADHD if it's something that they really love and and are really passionate about. Um, What happens is the the con to hyperfocusing is that the world can actually stop around them. I mean, time literally can just be slipped away, um, which is good and bad. It's, it's great if you found something that you're really passionate about, but it can be really bad if it starts to affect your productivity at your job, at school, relationships at home, because you can't stop doing something, right? Yeah. Well, and uh, I think that's the, that to, just a little uh, a caveat to your, to your con. Not only does time slip away, but the real danger if you're struggling with hyperfocus is that you don't always get to choose what you're going to hyper focus on that's right yeah you may not even be consciously aware of it right right right. absolutely so what's happening um in your brain i'm going to sound a little clinical here so you'll have to forgive me but um like being distracted right so being um obviously adhd is an attention deficit um but it's sort of on the the flip side of that is having too much attention. So hyperfocus happens um, because of the low levels of dopamine. Dopamine. I can never say that right. Dopamine. It's, I think I think it's dopamine. I think is actually how you, it the, is the, the traditional pronunciation. <laughs> I'm sure that's right. Pulling my leg now. <laughs> The, now, let me see if I get this word right. The neurotransmitter um, that is active in the brain's frontal lobe. So the deficiency is what makes it hard to shift gears or transition from activity from one activity to the other. So it's that low level of dopamine um, that's making that difficult. So there really is a scientific reason of why this happens. I mean, I think that some people think, oh, they're just obsessed with it or they can control it. You know, they, there's this, all these myths around it, but it really, there is a chemical reaction that's happening, um, or lack of that's happening that that's making this happen to, to folks. So, all right. So what do you, what do you do? Right. Right. What can you do to, to curve this? Um, I think the first thing is awareness, just like any pieces of ADHD, it's really important to understand how this affects you. Um, and so, you know, what, what are the things that will pull you in? What I try to identify those things and call them out. Like, okay, I know that the video games is going to be a distraction for me. So that at some point I have to figure out how, I'm going to, you know, make that work um, or not work. And so most of my clients have been able to to pinpoint what that is. Um, I use the video games as an example because it's so common. Uh, And just to give you an an idea or an example, I had a college student um, who actually had his roommate hide the game console um, while he was studying for finals. And so because he knew that that was going to be a huge distraction, he knew that he needed to study. And so for him, that's that was the best thing for him to do is actually take what he was hyper focusing completely away from his environment altogether. Um, I can totally see that because that dopamine, it's a reward response, right? I mean, you get the same you get the same. And this this happens to me too. Like you 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 increase dopamine levels uh, by giving yourself that shot of whatever it is that that you really really love, right? Like, right. and that could be food, it could be sex, it could be uh, it, it could be video games. Like those trigger dopamine response, and so it becomes like an addiction, right? That's Absolutely. that's the real challenge, and that's what I, I think another thing for me at least that drives that hyper focus. I just a, a little aside when I was going through grad school. Um, 
um, you know, I, it, this was just the turn of, of, um, uh, of digital music. Right. And so I, I have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CDs and I started doing homework to CDs while I was ripping them to my own kind of iTunes library. Right. Mm -hmm. And, I became so hyper focused on that that I, I it actually took over. Like I got such joy out of that little bing that happened when mm-hmm. it was finished ripping that I that gave me a dopamine shot. Like that that was like such satisfaction uh, that I I you know I, I all other stuff kind of fell away until I finished that process. Uh, right. It ends up becoming a, a huge cost, emotional cost and productivity and, 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 you know, under pressure of going to school, a huge cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because you think about professionals, uh, you know, that are in the work w- workforce and there's other things that can, can definitely take your attention away. Facebook can be a big time sucker, right? Because right. you're all of a sudden you're on Facebook and then an hour or two have gone by and you have no idea. You didn't realize it internet email every like and every share is a dopamine response absolutely and so you you get lost in it for sure and so i think again that awareness of bringing that to your attention and saying okay this is this is a distraction this is um something i like a little too much right now and i need to do it later you know or setting those limits and and that's really kind of what the next um the next uh, tip I have is, is really setting some boundaries around what it is that you're enjoying. Um, and there are simple tools. And, the, and I think the most simple tool that people can use is that alarm system, you know, um, whether that is on your phone or you have a timer or something to remind you, okay, it's time to stop. So you say you're going to give yourself an hour to do something and you set that timer for an hour, um, I, I do suggest that you use a different tone um, than what you normally use because that will actually wake up your your or get you away from what you're doing because it, it's something different, if that you makes sense. like a different than what? Like the tone you wake up to? Yeah, or the tone that reminds you that you have to go pick up your kids. Right, or right, right. the the reminder of, you know, something's in the oven. Like you may, for this particular subject, when we're talking about hyper-focusing, I would definitely suggest that you use a different tone on your alarm just to get your attention because it's really easy to ignore it. Sure. That makes sense. Um, you may even want to take it a step further and put the alarm like in another room or not. Well, you have to still listen to it, maybe on the other side of the room. So you have to actually get up to, to turn it off. Yeah, I know it seems kind of, you know, well, that seems silly that I would have to do that, but you have to kind of, you have to transition yourself out of whatever it is you're doing. And so pulling yourself or, or, you know, standing up, if you're sitting, standing up, walking and getting the alarm, you know, is, is that reminder, okay, I have to stop. It's time to stop. I have to move on and do something else. Um, does that make sense? Totally. Totally. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Okay. So the third piece uh, of this puzzle that we want to try to solve is the accountability um, aspect and how important the accountability can be when uh, you're trying to take yourself away from whatever it is you're focusing on. Um, and this could definitely be somebody you live with, like a partner, a, a 
if your roommate, your spouse, whatever, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. You could also call a friend and say, you know, hey, this is an issue. Can you call me or text me um, just to kind of remind yourself that, okay, it's time to stop. So again, it's just telling somebody else about the issue so you're not in it alone um, and being upfront about it. You know, this is a real issue and, and kind of set up that agreement that it's not supposed to be a nagging situation. We don't want anybody to feel annoyed. Um, but it's definitely to, to help the person out. Um, so, you know, you've got an alarm set, you've got somebody, you know, checking in on you. Those are two really, you know, positive things that, that can get you to stop doing what it is that you're doing. Uh, does that make sense? No, oh, totally. I, you know, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I think that whole idea, the, the idea of, uh, assigning someone else, uh, and you know, we've talked about this before, this whole idea that accountability is a thing that you shouldn't need forever. Right, right. There, There is something to this idea, however, that some things you may need accountability for longer than others. Right. And yes, because absolutely. this is so, so ingrained in, like, the chemistry mm-hmm. of, of how you work, that, that this is one of the things where you, you may need to, to rely on external sources longer than you may think. Absolutely. Especially if you're not trusting yourself that you can do it on your own. And yeah. and, it, and that's going to definitely happen at the beginning because you really, you know, going back to habits, you really are forming a new habit for yourself. So instead of, you know, okay, I'm going to play video games and I'm not going to care, or it's just going to, this is, this is the way I am. You know, you're actually saying, wait, nope. Okay. I'm going to do something different. I am actually going to set some boundaries around that. And it, yes, it definitely is going to take some time and some accountability and some practice and and being kind to yourself too if you you know go over a little bit you know yeah. you're, you're practicing the new habit right exactly um and then i definitely think that the last thing i want to touch on is just using this as a reward so if you know we've talked about this before um and i've had mixed reviews actually with people saying to do something fun first before they do something boring mm-hmm. i actually had a client tell me that it didn't work for them because they got stuck in the hyper focusing and so isn't that interesting that they ended up doing something, you know, fun first, and then they ended up continuing that before they actually went to the boring task. And so, again, I think that that's where you have to really put the boundaries around what it is that you're doing. So if you're using this as a reward for either, you know, doing something that you don't want to do or doing this first before you have to go and, and tackle a, a boring task, we have to put those boundaries around it. Yeah, I think there's a caveat to that. Like it, just saying, and this this may be something to revisit about the, you know, do something fun first. This idea that you would say, I'm going to do something fun and choose uh, something that you know you will hyper-focus on that is ultimately a dopamine reward activity. Like, like, for example, if you were to tell me, Pete, go do something fun and then tell me to go boot up my Xbox, I, that would be a horrible choice because I that's a dopamine trigger for me. Like, I get satisfaction out of playing video games and, and I would hyper-focus on that. Um, but to do something that, that I know isn't that kind of a trigger activity, um, that, that I can just get, get started. I, I need to get started. And it, it may be as simple as just calling somebody and having a 10-minute conversation, uh, you know, with a social conversation just to get my brain kind of triggered or go to a coffee shop and sit and listen to the white noise of conversations around me for a few minutes. Like those are the kinds of things that get me started, but I wouldn't choose like, Hey Pete, I need you to go eat a dozen donuts. You know, that's right. what you're telling me by saying I'm going to go, go, you know, do something that is a hyper-focused that I really dopamine enjoy. shot. Yeah. 
got right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and and I mean that's that again. I think is why it's so important that we understand exactly how the ADHD affects you. Like we said at the beginning, you know, everybody has their own story, and so uh, my intention, especially for these kinds of podcasts, are you know try it and see what happens, and does it work for you? And if it doesn't, then you know try something else. You can't give up on it. We don't want hyper focus to be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and would you talk just a little bit about that? Because I, I think that is a really important twist and it's something you've talked about before that hyperfocus, in fact, is not a bad thing. Once you learn what, it, how it works for you, in fact, it's your superhero power. Absolutely. And especially if you find something you're really passionate about and you can turn that into a career or you can turn that into some kind of cause, um, then those are really positive things. And we want joy in our life. We want to be happy. We want to feel, you know, like this is this is a great thing. I mean, I, I'm not putting it into words correctly, but you know what, what I'm trying to say. I mean, that joy is, is what we're trying to, to achieve. And so it can be a very positive thing. I think it's great to be passionate about something, um, and really like things and, and video games aren't bad. It's just, you have to put boundaries around them. You know, you, um, checking Facebook is not social media is not bad. You just have to put boundaries around them so they don't affect the other areas of your life. Well, and, and yeah, and you know what? There are careers in social media and in video gaming yep. that might be perfect for you if that's what you focus on. Yeah, that's, in, in, you know, you could really excel uh, in that area. But but as with everything, as Nikki says, it's about awareness and, and uh, you know, learning what measure uh, success takes on you. I think that's great. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think we've solved uh, the world's problems. You think? <laughs> do, we, do we have anything? Uh, do we have anything else for the people? Nope, that's it for today. I love it. What a great topic, uh, folks! You need to tell us uh, how you think, what you think about this, and how hyperfocus works for you. So you do that by heading over to uh, any one of our various social platforms. You can head over to Facebook uh, and and join the conversation there, or Twitter, or even Google Plus, uh, and uh, and just let us know what is hyperfocus for you. What do you hyperfocus on? How do you uh, make yourself accountable for time outside? of what you tend to get lost in. You can learn more about the show at the website, TakeControlOrganizing.com, or on iTunes. You can subscribe for free. Make sure you don't miss a single episode of Nikki Kinder's, Kinzer's uh, ADHD Brilliance. It's out there. You just have to reach out and grab it. <laughs> That's all I have for today. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD Podcast. <laughs>